Well, hey guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Harbor Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you will hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Harbor. All right, so I found out that um, Caleb opened us up last week at this new series in Philippians. So moving forward, I really like to not teach the week after you, Caleb, because you're a great teacher. Was it good last week? Were you guys here? It's good. The people liked it. I heard there were some sound and music references. How'd that go? Was that good? Okay. I'm not as clever. So we'll see how this goes. So yeah, so, so just to expand a little bit more before we dive into this text, we are in Philippians chapter 1. And uh, the church at Philippi, it's within a Roman colony, and it's dominantly occupied by Roman soldiers. They were given uh, good land, free land, for their time served in the military. And because of uh, their favor that they received from the Roman government, they had a strong allegiance to Rome. And what's going on here at Philippi is you now have these new Christians, these people that are not devoted to Rome and country. They're devoted to Christ Jesus. And therefore, they're not well-liked. They are looked down upon. And that's a huge uh, factor in where their persecution is coming from. And what's amazing, as Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. And it's so true for us today. We live in America where people are certainly, even within the church, unfortunately, more devoted to a political party than they are to Christ himself at times. So as uh, the church at Philippi, as they want to remain strong in the things that Christ wants them to remain strong in, we can follow their example and follow Paul's instruction. So it's a powerful book. It's a beautiful book. Many of Paul's letters were to churches. He started with letters of correction. But this is a constant letter of joy and encouragement. So if you're in here and you need to be lifted up tonight, man, I'm praying this text does that for you. So let's read in Philippians uh, chapter 1. It reads, this letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and the deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. For you have been partners with me in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Now, tonight's teaching is called Extenders of the Cause and Rejoicing in the Process. See, look at your text for a moment. Paul, he's, he's opening, and he's saying that Timothy and I, uh, this disciple of mine, who, who I have sent to you before, we are, yes, your spiritual leaders. Yes, we're in charge. However, we're slaves of Christ. Immediately in this letter, we see that Paul is quickly clearing up that godly leadership is different from leadership that we would see in the world. See, he would reference maybe Christ later in this letter when Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve. In Philippians 2, we're going to learn later on that it says that Jesus, he gave up his royalty. He gave up his divine privileges. And Paul and Timothy, they're no different. They're saying we are bond servants. We are slaves. We are servants of Christ. They're saying, I am a slave of Christ. And in serving him, I'm also going to serve you as well. 
Paul's saying, I'm a slave of his. I am a bondservant of his, and we can be the same. So what does this mean? When we look at the original language, when Paul would have been communicating to this audience in this letter, this letter would have been read just like I'm reading it right now. Paul would have had this sent. He's on house arrest, chained to a Roman guard, setting this to a church at Philippi. And they would have received this letter excited, saying, we just got a letter from Paul. And then one of the deacons or elders would have read that to the congregation, just like we're doing right now. And they would have understood that a slave is a bondservant, which means I am an extender of the cause of Christ. See, as Christ followers, you and I, we are not slaves by force. In our freedom, we chose God. In order for love to be sincere, it must have a choice. So in our freedom, we chose to come under the authority of Christ. We've chosen to be an extender of his cause. So with that, when we take this on, we're saying it's not about my cause anymore. It's not about my rights anymore. It's not about my privileges anymore. See, this is what makes Jesus, this is what makes the gospel and, and, and the God that we follow so offensive to people and to me even. Why? Because you know what? To be honest with you, I like my rights. I like my privileges. And you know what? I like my truth and the world likes their truth. Man, we think they, they, we, we, we place a huge value on our rights and the way I feel, my feelings trump everything. That's the way I feel sometimes. This is the way the world operates sometimes. But that can't be so for the bondservant of Jesus Christ because we've given up our divine rights and privileges and we have now taken on the cause of Christ. So your heart is now when Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're like a person that's saying, look, I'm a slave of Christ. And to the world, and to my friends who don't yet know Jesus, that might sound insane to you. But his thoughts and his ways, they're not mine. They're his. But, but I am living my life through his thoughts and through his ways because they're better than mine. So Paul, he'll clear it up even further. In the book of Galatians, you can see that he's telling us what a bondservant is not. When it says this in Galatians, that's the exact same wording that he's using here. He writes, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If people pleasing were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. So what are we not? Because if Jesus is our Lord, then we are like Paul saying, look, I'm an extender of the cause. I'm a part of this mission. So what we are not is we're not people pleasers. We're not just going to look for the thing that the, somebody wants to hear and then say that thing. No, love, if it's sincere, it's going to have truth connected to it. It's going to have grace connected to it. It's going to have mercy connected to it. But it's in love going to point people to the way of Jesus. So we've learned what a bondservant is not. We're not people pleasers. But in that, we have to combine that with this incredible truth that he gives to Timothy. He says, a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone. Be able to teach and be patient with difficult people. So I think that maybe uh, some Christians abuse Galatians 1.10 and don't look at it in context of 2 Timothy, thinking I'm not a people pleaser so I can go and stomp on everyone. But then he tells Timothy here, we must be kind people. That is a fruit of the Holy Spirit is kindness. And kindness leads people to repentance. It says that we are to be a patient person, not just with cool and easy to get along people, but difficult people as well. This is what a bondservant of Christ is. 
you and I, we live in a culture of outrage. And you know what? I don't think that I actually am experiencing directly a culture of outrage, but I am indirectly experiencing, I'm seeing a culture of outrage. And I think you are as well. This looks like loud screaming and arguing, people not listening. Is anyone else besides me scared to go fly in an airplane? Like, like, has anyone ever seen anything like this in their lives? I feel like, like I can't uh, see any sort of media without somebody like duking it out on an airplane. When did this become such a problem? People are hostile. People are out of control everywhere that we go now. People are not listening. There's no dialogue. Man, the, the, the um, idol worship of political parties just is getting so extreme and people are finding their identity in these things now. We're not listening. There's no dialogue. There's no more patience. We're not trying to see things from other people's perspective. And there is light in all of this chaos, however. What's interesting is this, is people want to be part of something bigger than themselves. And I think that maybe that's partly our fault, which is why people are tying themselves to things and causes that won't really reach the thing they want it to reach because we failed to come to them with the gospel. Because as John Mark Comer says, we're not going to have the kingdom of heaven without the king. So many people, they want good things, but they want it apart from Christ Jesus. And that is impossible because the purpose of our creation is to bring glory to the Father. People, in a good way, they want to fight for something. I want to fight for something. I want to make impact and have influence. But outside of the gospel, these things are powerless. But as Christ followers, we have the power to usher in the kingdom of heaven. I am a bondservant of Christ. And because of that, when you are a bondservant of Christ as well, we are people that say, not my will, but it's his will now. It's not my cause or what I think. He has already made up on the, he's already made up his mind on these things that we all have opinions on. We just got to simply go and look to see what the Father has already decided about these really important matters. So as you and I, as we begin this journey together in this letter, I invite you on this journey with us to take up the cause that Paul and Timothy has, that the church at Philippi has. So I want you just in your heart right now, just agree, I'm gonna accept this invite to be an extender of the cause of Christ. And that's the first point I have for us tonight is be a slave of Christ. And what does that mean? Paul, when he said that, he says, I want you to be an extender of his cause. And, and this letter is different from other letters. These are his people he loves this church so much. Let's read on in verse three. He writes, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make all my requests for you with joy. Verse five, for you have been partners with me in spreading the good news about Christ from the time from when you first heard it until now. In verse three, we see that Paul, he loves this ministry with the church at Philippi. Man, like you guys saw, like me and Stephen exchange a hug. Right, man, when I'm with Steven, you know, you guys know the leader here at the harbor. Man, like we, we, we give long hugs. You know, have you noticed that about us? I'm like, man, let me embrace my friend, right? You make me feel good, dude. Right? You, you guys know that person when they come into the room, right? You're just like, I feel so much better about this situation now. So much, this is, this is my person. I feel safe now, right? This is how Paul feels with the church at Philippi. And I think that you and I, we need to try to be that for other people as well. When we come into the room, we can bring people joy. We can have a presence about us that makes people less 
less anxious because we are filled with the Spirit. See, when people think of this community at the harbor, I want people to have this feeling like, look, like I feel welcomed here. I feel loved here. I feel seen here. I feel valued here. And we have to take ownership of that. Because, you know, I remember um, being like 18 or 19, coming to the Young Adults Church. It wasn't the harbor. It was called the Fusion at the time. And honestly, like, just feeling like, this is really awkward. I'm really insecure here. You know, and I'm not a very insecure person in general, but just the culture was just like, this feels weird. I don't know if I belong here. And a lot of you guys might be able to relate to that. And so I think that instead of um, saying that because I feel this way, therefore I'm out, we got to think, you know what? As a bond servant, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to create that culture. Just like Paul feels a certain way when he's with the church at Philippi, we need to take ownership of this place that we come and worship at so that other people can say, I feel good about this situation. We can't bail when we feel that way. We need to actually go out and change it. And it says here in this text, man, he felt this way about them and his love for them led to prayers for them. That's the second thing I want you to see is that slaves for Christ, extenders of the cause, they pray for those that they truly love. Now, I know a lot of you guys, and I do believe that you love people. I believe you care for people. And I think that you want the absolute best for people. But you might not be praying for those people I just described. You want these things for people. You want these things for the people you care about. But somehow, some way, uh, this is separated from you actually interceding for those people uh, for, to God himself. And I think that that doesn't mean you don't love them, but I'm just saying that you could be loving them in such an extremely powerful and eternal way if we actually start saying, I love you, therefore, I'm going to pray for you. If we want people in our life to do well, if we want them to change, if we want them to grow, then certainly love and prayer must be connected. It's interesting that God left you and I to be the ministers of his gospel and his truth. He ascended into heaven and he says, now you go and do this. And so, so we're the vessels under which the gospel is gonna be spread across the world. But then also prayer is the primary form that we usher that in. So, so, so guys, like, man, we, we have to be people of prayer. Am I kicking butt with this? Absolutely not. Chad Veach has a new book coming out and he says, I'm anxious about everything because I pray about nothing. And you and I, if, if we love people, just like Paul, he cares for this church, he loves this church. If we love people and we want them to succeed, then we must be praying for them. But beyond that, beyond the blessing that will come for people when we're actually praying for them, as slaves of Christ, if we're praying for the people that we truly love, it actually helps, not just help them, but it changes the way that you view them. When you start praying for people, you take ownership of saying, these people that I love, I'm not just this generic extender of the cause of Christ, but I am personally an extender of the cause of Christ in this person's life and this person that I care about. Man, it, all of a sudden, when you start praying for people, you become just that, an extender of the cause of Christ. And you begin to look at that person as created in the image of God with a plan and meaning and purpose. And instead of seeing these people, maybe that you, you like them because they make you feel better about yourself or, or, or whatever, right? Whatever shallow things we all can suffer with sometimes, we begin to see like, no, 
Like, I want to serve this person. I want to love this person. I want to help this person. When we're praying for people, you become an extender of the cause of Christ in their life. So Paul says, verse 3, whenever I think of them, I what? I pray for them. So, so man, how do we, like, like, apply this to our life? How can we live this out? You're like, look, like, I want to pray more too, just like you, Jackson. I love these people, but if I really love them, I want to love them the best way I can, I'm going to intercede to God for them on their behalf. That's a radical thing. Paul says, whenever I think for them, I pray for them. There's an old friend of mine, former coper, who doesn't work with me anymore. His name is Dre. And he, he was just a cool dude I really loved a lot in my life. I don't see him very much any, anymore. And I said to him, I texted him literally on the way here, um, thinking of you, man, miss you. And I was like so convicted because I should have been like, hey, instead of having nice memories of you, why don't I pray for you? You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like we're, we're, we're trying to offer these nice condolences of like, oh, hey, I thought of you today. How are you? So for us, when we think about these people, man, let's just, just flip the world upside down by when we think of people, let's start praying for them. Because Paul just said, when I think of you, I pray for you. That's really good. It's really cool. Thank you, Paul. We should do that as well. If we want to be people that are characterized as such a people group who pray without ceasing, then let's be praying for the people that we love. But there's more. Paul has a special affection for these people. Something about them made him happy. It's because they weren't just sitting on the sidelines cheering him on as an extender of the cause of Christ. But they too were extenders of the cause. Look at verse 5. He reads, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard until now. See, Paul, he's such a good teacher and leader and pastor because he just didn't want to put people uh, in the seats or raise attendees or have a bunch of bench warmers. He wanted to truly raise disciples. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, he would say, follow me, get up and let's do something about it as I follow Christ. He's people raising up people that are replicating his ministry. They're participating with him in ministry and they're creators and visionaries with him in ministry. This is why he gets all the good feels when he writes letters to his friends over at Philippi. Now, I've been a Magic fan my whole life, okay? And when I find another Magic fan, uh, I feel like I've discovered a unicorn. And I'm like, you want to be, like, best friends? You know, like, what are you up to? You're free on the weekends? Like, we, can, we should be together, you know? Like, like let's hang out. You know, we, we're, 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 we're going to be best friends now. We're homies. It's a rare thing. When, and when, I, when, when my friends join with me and being a Magic fan with me, right, it's an incredible thing. But it, it's so much more to it than that, what Paul's talking about here. I was hanging out. Um, one of my friends was in the Marines in uh, San Clemente, California. And uh, I went and visited with them. And they're all Marines, and I'm just, like, Jackson, like, hanging out with him, right? And a couple other buddies of mine. Like, like I, I was just a normal dude hanging out with all these Marines. And they kept referring to people like me and me as a civilian. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, civilians. Like, they're active military, and they kept using the word civilian. So I was like, I feel really weird about that, you know? Like, I don't relate to what it is you guys relate to. And it makes a lot of sense because I'm not, like, risking my life with a machine gun defending our country, Right, you know what I mean? So it's like certainly there's this depth of, of relationship and experience that I don't have. It goes even deeper than that. It's not like me just like being stoked about finding a fellow Magic fan. It's not just like even somebody who actually was in war together. It's deeper than that because Paul is saying even more, the things that matter most to me in my life, 
equally matter to you. That's why there's such beautiful diversity within the body of Christ, because we're so uniquely and wonderfully made with different callings and different giftings. But the thing that matters most to me also matters to you, and that's us pursuing the calls of Christ together. He's saying this, this is what it means to be partners in life together. A common thing that's said in leadership is that leadership is lonely. Have you guys heard that before? That leadership is lonely? Like, like leaders in, in the secular world, they can relate to that and they believe that. Because other people, if you're a leader, uh, other people may not understand the pressure and the burden that you have. If you're a leader, oftentimes the case is you're going to do more and others will do less. The principle applies of I'll be the first one in, I'll be the last one out, therefore I'm the leader and I must do that because I am the leader. However, Paul, does, Paul, Paul says like, I am, yes, your, your deacon, your preacher, your teacher, your overseer, but I'm a slave of Christ and I feel a special way with you. He's saying, I don't feel lonely when I'm with you. And you and I, as Christ followers with leadership, he clears up right away, I'm a servant of Christ and I'm a servant of you. And he's stoked about the church at Philippi because they're the same, just like him. He has a different role, but they're right there with him. Peter would say to Jesus Christ, after Jesus preached a hard message and many people departed from Christ, Jesus looked at his disciples and said, are you gonna leave me too? And I love this, I can't get away from this. Peter says to Jesus when he asked, when Jesus asked him, are you gonna leave me too? Peter says, Lord, where else would we go? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, that's the, the, the loyalty that, that Paul feels at Philippi is saying, these people, they're in it with me. They're in the trenches with me. And we're bond servants together, so therefore our affection is high. Philippians chapter 1, 6, you can look at it with me. It says, I'm certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. You guys, I have read the first chapter of many books. Can anyone else relate to that? Right? Have I read more than the first chapter of many books? Not many. I've completed few books, read the first chapter of many. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there are so many projects I've started. There are so many projects I've never even started. Are, are there any procrastinators? I don't want to feel, don't make me feel alone up here. Okay, all right. You guys got to understand that with Christ, what he starts, according to this text, he finishes. And you and I, along in, in this road of sanctification that we're on together, you might have bumps and detours, but in grace, God says to you tonight, listen, this is for you tonight. He says, you're not giving up. You're not, you can't give up. And why is he saying that to you tonight? Why is he saying this to the church at Philippi? He says, you're not giving up because I'm not giving up. When people want to give up or are discouraged, you guys, a lot of you guys hopefully are in accountability with each other. And in that accountability, I hope that you guys, when you're discouraged, that you guys can use this verse to minister to each other. Paul's saying, I'm certain that God who began a good work in you, he will certainly bring it unto completion. So now, don't answer me, but think about this. In your salvation, when you declare Jesus Christ as your Lord, who began that work? Who came alongside you, convicted you, and told you that Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life, and you must submit your life to them? Who was that? Don't answer me. Just think about it. It was certainly the Holy Spirit. And yes, you responded to the Spirit, but the Spirit started it. 
So here's the interesting thing that Satan does to us is why do we think that Jesus dies for us, spirit moved in us, and then all of a sudden in the sanctification process, becoming more and more like Christ is our jobs alone. Spirit started the work. We responded to that work. And God is going to continue that work in us. But what's interesting and fascinating is we can uh, so, so paralyzed with guilt and fear and condemnation because we're trying to do the sanctification process on our own when it's the spirit that's going to do this work for us. It says in Galatians 3, are you so foolish? Having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So, so what do we mean when we use this word, the flesh? This means the, that, that we're using our own strength, our own efforts. We can't. We can't. The process of uh, cutting out the things in our life that are no longer of God is miraculous and only can be carried out by Holy Spirit. And so if we don't have relationship with Spirit, if we're not walking in intimacy with Him, learning more about Him, becoming in tune with His still small voice, becoming more like Jesus is going to be really frustrating because you're doing it by your own works and your own effort. In Galatians 5, Paul would say again, those who belong to Christ Jesus, they have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So, so Paul is asking the question, how can you use the flesh, your efforts to crucify the flesh? It's not gonna happen. It's like trying to get rid of something, but using the thing that you're trying to get rid of to get rid of it. Right? It's like, like, think about it like this, right? If we're trying to like, like become healthy people, right? We, we, we want um, just, uh, just, just, just to, to lose weight, have a strong cardiovascular and respiratory system and, 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 and all of those things. And that we're gonna attempt to accomplish that by exclusively eating fast food, right? That's as crazy as it is as us trying to be more like Jesus Christ in our own power. Paul's like so flabbergasted by the fact that you and I do this, but we do this all of the time. In Romans 8.13, Paul writes again, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. See, we have to partner with spirit. We have to submit to him. We have to come alongside him. But in Hebrews 12, it says that Jesus Christ, he's the author and he's the finisher of our faith. Satan does not want you to know that. He wants you to keep operating within your own power so that you can't actually continue in the sanctification process. But when you and I, when we step into the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be conformed and transformed into the image of God more and more. It's begun with God, it's carried on by God, and it will be finished with God. I'm positive, I'm confident in this. How do I know this? How do I know that Jesus is gonna finish it? Paul just said, Philippians 1, 5, and 6, right? Man, and I'm certain that God who started this work, he's gonna finish it. How do we know that? How do you know that, Paul? It's because Jesus already said it. He already said, it is finished. Satan does not want you to know that. Christian, we begin to get rid of the things that we don't want in our life that Christ doesn't want when we actually step into this power. God started, be, be encouraged tonight. God has started something in you. If you're here tonight, God has started something in you. You might feel tonight, like, I don't know what the next thing is for me. I'm really frustrated. I'm really fearful right now. And, and I just have a lot of doubt. Or maybe you have conflict in your life and it's frustrating and hard and heavy. Um, and I just want you to know, like, God has started something in you. And according to the text of Jesus, your Lord, he's gonna carry that out. He's gonna be faithful to you. And God is gonna be in this process with you. 
Jesus already has victory for you. So the next thing I want you to see is that as slaves of Christ, who are saved by Christ, we must now know that the Spirit cleanses us to be more like Christ. But I think so many of us, like, we're frustrated and we're confused and we're like Paul in Romans when we ask the question of why do I do the things that I hate? I love God and I'm really tired of sinning against him. If that's where you're at tonight, I just want to like just encourage you again and just say, well done, Christian. You know, for our battle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle isn't against flesh and blood. As Christians, we struggle. That's part of it. But if you're struggling, if you're fighting, if you're angry with sin, that means you're in Christ and not apart from him. So, so, so submit to spirit. Submit to his work rest in him and come alongside him and take on his thoughts. See, it will be finished. This thing you're trying to fight, this thing you're going to overcome, you will have victory. Either A, you're going to stand before God in victory or he's going to return himself. But trust this is that it is a process and you can trust that process. But what part do we play in all of this? Let's read on, verse nine. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters, verse 10, so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. See, Paul, he loves them, so he prays for them. You're like, yeah, that's cool, Paul. Jackson, I get it. If we love people, we really love them, we're going to pray for them. I get it. But what should I pray for them on? Well, let's check out what Paul's praying for them on. He's saying, I want them to grow in knowledge and understanding. I want them to grow in the love of God. Do you guys remember Schoolhouse Rock? Yeah, so good. Man, like in homeschool, that's all we did for history. We just watched the video, you know? Where are my homeschoolers at? Y'all with me? Y'all did better than that? We didn't do social studies in homeschool because uh, my mom said we weren't going to do it in college. So anytime, any, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Okay, forgive me. Let's, let's bring it back in. Anyways, thank God for Schoolhouse Rock. It gave me something, okay? But remember the slogan, it's great to learn. Can you guys finish with me? It's great to learn because, it, thank you. I can, can we, I think more no. It's great to learn. Why? Because knowledge is power. Are you the only one that watched it? All right, does anyone else watch Schoolhouse Rock? Okay, you guys are just bailing on me being horrible friends. Paul feels a certain way about Philippi. I don't feel that way about y'all anymore. You got my back, Tommy? It's great to learn because knowledge is power. All right, you, you tracking with me now? Are you tracking? Okay, listen, I'll tell you what the slogan is. It's great to learn because knowledge is power. Paul is praying. We're like, look, we're going to pray for our friends. We got it. We're in. We're going to do it. What do we pray? He says, I pray you keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Because when we're in the love of God, we are in the power of God. This is in Corinthians that the love of God compels us. It gives us the power to not give up. How can we be a good servant? How are we going to be these bond servants? How are we going to be these extenders of the cause? We have to grow in our knowledge of God. We can't be uh, illiterates when it comes to our Bible, right? This book, Philippians, man, it like is on every single journal and every single coffee cup ever, Right? But Paul, he wants us to even go beyond this. I mean, I want you to love God with all of your mind, he's saying. 
But beyond that, even beyond loving God with your, our minds, Paul warns us of the risk of only loving him with our mind because then he goes on to say that if we only have knowledge, we're like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal and it puffs up and makes us prideful. So what is he inviting? What is he praying us uh, into right now? He doesn't want us just to have the seminary knowledge of God, but he wants us to truly experience his love and his power. He doesn't want us to submit an essay or research project about him. He wants us to experience love and romance and adventure with God. That's what he's praying that people walk into. Because when we have that, that's an incredibly hard to walk away from. This book, as we go into it, Man in the band, you guys, I invite you up at this time. This book, it's going to show us what a maturing Christ follower should look like. You and I, we can live with expectation with this book. That in Christ, we're really going to become like God. We're really going to see God. And one day, we're going to become more and more like him. And we're going to stand before him ourselves. You guys can please stand at this time. And I'm going to pray with you. Uh, Paul, when he wrote this letter, you guys are knowing, man, he loves these people. And you guys can bow your heads and close your eyes for me as we enter into this time of worship. Um, you know, he, he, um, he was alone, but he had this comfort in him um, because of these people. And if you just feel alone tonight, for whatever reason, I just want to invite you to receive the Holy Spirit, his comfort, his love, and, his, and, 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 and feel him advocating for you, telling you you're not alone, I'm with you. And he wants to tell you that I'm even closer than your breath. And I'm not just this uh, thing or this spiritual word, but I'm God himself. That's what the Spirit wants to tell you and that he loves you with an everlasting love. So I'm just gonna pray with you right now. If you, if you need this encouragement, just receive it. God, I, I love you, Lord. And I pray for anyone that just, just feels um, nervous about a transition, doubtful about a move, Father God, or um, there's just something weighing them down. Pray that they would say to you, Spirit, Spirit, I need you to fill me up. I need your fruit, Father God. And I want to overflow with your love and your mercy and your patience and your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness and your self-control. God, help me know I'm not alone. Help me be an extender of your cause. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to know more about The Harbor, please follow us on Instagram at wearetheharbor. Also, if you need prayer, feel free to send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.